You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Mm-hmm. The first one was for me a better show. Yeah, yeah it was. It was yeah. very. It was very good. The yeah. first show was very good, Agreed. and the kids were so. They got it. They look. They had that what I call bored resting face. Yeah. They looked like they couldn't give two shits about it, and then. <laughs> They asked all these questions and they had these insights and oh, I was amazing. I know, I was very impressed with how much they absorbed. Completely. This is East Side Story and I'm your host, Chiang Ng. Each week, I sit down with an Asian or Asian American artist working in the New York theater scene and I excavate their life story. How they grew up, how they got their start in theater, as well as projects they've worked on and upcoming work that we should anticipate. So this is a bonus episode for East Side Story. I actually don't know if either of you listened to the podcast. Not yet. I have I've downloaded I, them. <laughs> I have them waiting to be listened to. <laughs> and uh, because we're up here in Connecticut, Salem, Connecticut, so we're a little out of the way and I didn't have time to edit any of the new episodes yet. So we're doing a new bonus episode. And here I have with me, Mitu Chalana. Hello, hello. And Sorab Wadia. Hello, hello. <laughs> and you guys have worked together multiple times. Yeah. When was the first time you worked together? June 2007. Oh. Yeah. It was a musical called Jihad the Musical. Oh my god. I mean, I knew this because you talked about it, but <laughs> still, I'm like, oh my god, Every that show exists. Every time you hear it, the, the name makes you go, yeah. oh, yeah. It, it happened with us two people like, what's the, what's the weirdest musical that we could possibly do? And at that time in 2006, when they wrote it, 2007, it was like, what about Jihad the Musical? And they actually wrote a phenomenal show, wow. which we got, we got, we were yeah. lucky to be in. It was a really amazing, amazing piece of parody theater. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Satire. Yeah. Not parody. Sarab played a uh, an Osama bin Laden wannabe, and I played his henchwoman. I saw that video. <laughs> I still can't get it out of my head. It's still in my head. It's an. I think it's an amazing <laughs> song. I, yeah. And for most, the show, for most of the show, for most the show that uh, she was in, full burqa and niqab. So all you saw was Mitu's eyes. I mean, yeah. you saw her hands. Just her hands and her eyes. Yeah. That's all you saw. Eye acting at its best. Right it now. was amazing. It was truly, it was, it, I mean, we're joking about it, but it was an amazing performance. I, <laughs> I, I remember that performance well. And yeah. how many times after that have you guys worked together? Oh my God. I don't even because know. our brown pool of actors is, it's becoming bigger. We've it's becoming bigger. It was small then and it's continued. It's still small compared to the Latino pool or the oh, Afro-American yeah. pool yeah. or whatever. Or even the... Or even the Far East Asian pool. Mm -hmm. The South Asian pool is much smaller than the Far East Asian pool. Mm -hmm. The people in our age group, and I say our very loosely. (laughs) I'm 15 years her senior. (laughs) But, but, But 15 years her senior. So I have played... Her uncle, she's niece to my uncle. She's been daughter to my father. She's been husband, wife to my husband. Yeah. She's been henchwoman to my terrorist. We've yeah. done every combination yeah. with the 15-year difference. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Because you have such a grounded energy about you. Like, it really, do you really, you really, really do. And it's like, you can't tell. You can't tell how old you are. You can't, like, you just read. Timeless and ageless. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that is my goal. <laughs> <laughs> and what other roles have you guys? So you said all those. All those, how many times? Have brother you guys and sister. Together? We did the mm-hmm. we did the we did the web series where we were brother and sister. Oh, that's right. Forgot about that one. Oh yeah. 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 Is it different um, every time you work together? Is is the is the dynamic different? Is do you discover something different about each other? Is it good to come back to the familiar? I really, I think a relationship like ours is the closest thing an American or. Um, 
yeah, Amer- what actors working in America are ever going to feel to a rep theater. Mm. Because we are essentially rep actors to each other. Right. right. And I know I I enjoy her energy on stage, that yeah. grounded energy that you talk about. Mm-hmm. She Because I do tend to go up and out sometimes. And she always helps me find the truth, always helps me come back to center. Um, and I, I really appreciate his playfulness because it actually helps me get into that zone more too. So I think we play off each other and because we there's a familiarity there. Like I, There's a trust there. There's a trust, exactly. Mm. We know that we can play freely and fully and, uh, and th- that's precious. That's, that's precious. Like, yeah. Yeah. And we've, we've worked, you know, in other countries and we've, mm-hmm. we, we've not just in America, we've done in Scotland and maybe in India to come, who knows, you know, mm. be, I'm, as I'm working more in India now, which I'm very excited about going home and working at home. Um, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about India and, and your, both of your backgrounds. Um, did you, were you guys both born in India, moved here to America or, or how, how was that relationship to America like? I was born here. I was mm-hmm. born in New Jersey. Yes. Very exotic. Uh, <laughs> but my parents are very traditional, and we went back to visit India every two or three years since I was born. Mm. Um, they're from Punjab, so I'm very Punjabi. Mm. <laughs> um, Sikh? Sikh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very, very proudly Sikh, very uh, religiously Sikh. Yeah, my brothers and my dad all were turbans. And so, you know, there's that aspect, which I think is less represented in the arts and Mm. i i kind of i feel now more than before i was like where do i fit where do i fit and now i actually feel responsibility to create stuff that Mm. represents this community of um of people that feels underrepresented and and, i mean you know stories are universal but um but yeah so I, i i feel very grounded in my culture because of my parents and and you came to India a lot as a child. Yeah. You were brought back a lot. Yeah. You were not like one of those that were, uh, you know, went to the West and forgot their roots. Yeah. Yeah. And my, my parents, you know, they've had a, an amazing journey, which I, well, which I think is going to be my life work is to document their lives and mm. how they went from coming here and like being farmers in India to coming here with nothing and creating their whole life from living in an attic and not even having a bathroom to wow. be in to now, you know, the the beautiful home and being doctors and very successful Mm -hmm. um, as well as side businesses and all of this, you know, it's, it's, I look at their lives and I'm like, what, my problems are nothing. What am I complaining about? Like the things that my parents went through is this change and that change and that change and just constantly like things just hitting them all the time and it just did it they just kept going wow so maybe some of that groundness groundedness is that too you know you are the oldest child yes that Mm -hmm. also maybe are factor into your yeah my my mom had um an aneurysm and a stroke as a result of uh the surgery to that um my freshman year of high school and so i had to I had to pitch in and take on some of her responsibilities growing up as well. Um, And theater um, was my escape. Mm. Theater was my way to hold on to whatever playfulness I had. And I would stay at school as long as I could in every play, (laughs) rehearsal, whatever. Just just because being at home was so hard. Wow. Um, to really a refuge, really an escape, really a... Yeah, yeah. And how did your family respond to you doing theater? 
Um, <laughs> at first, uh, so I went to NYU um, for drama and, you know, I, I, I definitely, I, I can say now <laughs> I manipulated my parents <laughs> because, uh, you know, I, I said, oh, well, having the arts will be a, such a well-rounded way to present myself for med school because I actually went to a, a uh, pre-med. I went to a pre-med. Well, I, I went to a medical magnet school for high school. Wow. So like I was on track to be a doctor and mm. actually because of my mom's surgery and her brain um, condition, I was going to be a neurosurgeon. Wow. And then I don't know. I was just so taken. I, like the, the sciences came very easy to me because I was always surrounded by them. But the arts and acting and this thing where you actually have to deal with emotions, where being Indian and Punjabi, like you're not taught to emote. Mm-hmm. Like that's like not a thing you're supposed to do. You you control yourself. You like you know like like my parents did to get to where they are. They put the blinders on. You just keep on going. But then when they party at a wedding, they party. They party. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. No one party. can dance and sing like the yeah. Sikhs can. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. just get that out. There. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. But to actually access, and I think I only until recently have I fully allowed myself to digest the pain of really losing my mother mm-hmm. um, and who she was and really accepting her for who she is now. Mm. And I have theater really to thank for that. Wow. It, it, it helped me heal in a lot of ways. That's beautiful. And I never yeah. even knew that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. My pleasure. Yeah. What about you, Sarah? Um, I was born to a musical family. Mm-hmm. My father was a jeweler from an old jewelry family in Bombay. My mother was India's first female conductor. Amazing. I mean, first of any any repute yeah. and she went abroad and she won competitions with a choral. She was a choral conductor. So I've grown up with these two really very super talented parents with big personalities. Mm-hmm. And I, I fled India at a time when people were not fleeing India uh, for the bachelors. A lot of Indians couldn't afford America or England for a bachelors, mm-hmm. but they could afford to get come here on full scholarships and assistantships for masters. Mm. It was too fucking long for me. I need to get out. I wanted to get out. I don't know what it was. Mm. So I went to England when I was 18 and I was a pianist at that time. Mm-hmm. So it was always music was always, I was, grew up with music and acting and theater and school and stuff. So I, I went to England when I was 18 and then I decided, no, I want to go to America. Came here when I was 19 on my own with one, two suitcases and wow. um, got a bachelor's and a master's in piano. And then I discovered opera along the way that I deflected to opera, got a second master's in opera um, and theater. And then I moved to New York and opera sort of went by the wayside. And I booked the national tour of Oklahoma in 2006 mm. and... I had done a lot of operas in regional houses, uh, mostly in America, some in Canada, and uh, sort of small gigs or all over the place. And then it just sort of became a natural transition. Then I went back to Meisner, to Meisner Studio because I thought that I wasn't, I was schmacting and not acting. And mm. I went to Maggie Flanagan Studios, which was an am- absolute amazing experience, hard as crap, but uh, I, has made me a better, better actor and a better human mm. um, because. My being in Meisner for two years was like being in therapy for two years. Mm-hmm. And it, you have to, you better be ready to excavate every inch of your soul. And it was hard. And, uh, and now that I've been here and worked in New York for, uh, what, 18, 19 years, 
I'm discovering the joys of being back home. I mean, New York is a difficult place to be. As we all know, Manhattan is a, is a bitch of a town to live in. And I think like Bombay, in a way, it's a place that is much easier if you're fancy wealthy mm. or even if you're truly upper middle class, mm -hmm. which I am not. And um, I've gained a lot of success, but I don't get cast very often. I get cast in really big productions that requires certain chops and mm -hmm. then it's called Sorabwadia. But I don't feel like I get continuous work like, not not even, not even I can't say, oh, like the white folk get, or like, you know, mm -hmm, there mm -hmm. are lots of different ethnicities in New York and a lot of different people that work a lot more consistently. Mm -hmm. I tend to book much more Niche. iconic, yeah, but iconic, like that 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 wannabe terrorist in Jihad or mm -hmm. the, over, the overweight, over old, uh, Bollywood star in Bunty Berman, when no one else can do it, that's when I get the call. So the in a way, boisterous uncle. The boisterous uncle. But you're very good at that. I guess. <laughs> or 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 Kytron, a one man show playing eight characters, very serious. So I do. So when I do work, I do good work, and I really enjoy that, and I get to work with people like. Are those roles ethno specific? Most of them are. Mm. Most of them are ethno specific. Yeah. The only one that I have found that is casting against type and roles and uh, gender age is Ka Karen Coonrod, who is a brilliant director, teaches at Yale. Uh, she's, I don't know how old she is, but she's in like maybe late 50s, 50 years, something. But she's been working steadily for decades and she's done major Shakespeare stuff all over the place. Mm -hmm. Shakespeare was what she was. She, she will cast a black man who is 50 to play a Norwegian woman who's 90. She will wow. cast me to play Shylock. She will cast, you know, it's just, you don't, it doesn't matter. Women play, men play, whatever. It, it's, it's just, she's looking at the soul of the piece and the getting this, these stories across. I think on, on that note also, I'm very interested in, and curious as to like, the South Asian community, because I had a chat with, you know, the younger, the kids in our cast. And, and there are lots of super talented young kids. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then, but then it's a different pool when you go up in age bracket because it's a, it's just a different generation. And, and at that time, not a lot of people in your generation went into acting. Yeah, I'm actually theater. a different generation than she is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Her generation, there were, I'm sure, weren't there other... Yeah, I mean, there's Anisha. There's there. Yeah, there there, a there's a uh, there's a few more mm -hmm. in my generation, but not that many more. I mean, like in my generation, generation is it's like, great. I mean, yeah. you you can see because things yeah. are changing, times are changing. People yeah. are more encouraged to do it. And I'm curious to see uh, to, to chat a little bit about how did that affect your trajectory in your career? Like, did you feel like you were only limited to the roles that were Indian specific or, you know, that you, you had to be bound for, you know, like yeah. a lot of the, you, you, you just said. First? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I only get called in for Indian stuff. I also, even right now. Oh yeah. I would love to go in for something that doesn't have anything to do with Indian, to be honest, mm. but I, I'm, I only get called in for Indian stuff and musical theater specifically somehow even plays somehow I end up playing stuff that has nothing to do with my actual age. Like I played a six-year-old boy. I played an <laughs> 80 year old grandma, like now like 40, 50 here. Like I, you know, and, and it's mostly Indian characters and I don't have a problem with it. Like I actually, it's so in my bones and it, and it, and like the older, like when I played a grandma, I felt like, 
She was like, you are a very convincing grandma. Uh, Sadly, you. they didn't have budget for a makeup. It was a weird was white, yeah, yeah, with a white wig and, and no makeup. But it sh- if you just looked at the character, you know, if you were sitting in the, in the balcony yeah. and didn't see the wrinkles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, it was a way to, to, um, I think my grandma had passed recently. I mean, right before mm-hmm, I played mm-hmm. the grandma and I was a way to embody her and like, Mm. you know pay respect to her mm-hmm. so that I think was nice character, i think character actors we do that we like that yeah, i mean yeah. after my dad died my 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 dads have gotten better mm. my dads have gotten better mm-hmm. and uh yeah i like yeah. it's I, you, I, I you, totally vibe what you're you embody the thing that you miss mm. i've noticed that too if friends of mine will move away like i'll start doing the things that they did oh yeah that's yeah. beautiful but um so as far as like Indian roles, I, I I think it's become like a thing where like the um, like a go to for that. But uh, I got, I can do other stuff, you know. Yeah, and I want to explore that. Literally, what you're also saying is like, I mean, it's the same conversation with Kuhu on on her first episode. It's that she wants to do things that has nothing to do with being Indian. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just existing as a human being, mm-hmm. and I'm doing human being things. She, needs, certain- she needs to work with people like Karan Kunrod, right. who, will, who will not cast her as Indian. But, but, I mean, she is doing the thing. Like, she, so many of the shows that she has done are not Indian-specific. And what I'm really interested to um, <clears throat> discover is, why do we gravitate towards that? It's because the current Eurocentric musical theater world doesn't allow us to do that doesn't i yeah i i i don't necessarily want to play on i don't have a problem with playing indian roles or mm. indian stories being told i actually think it's really important mm-hmm. that more like different types of stories from different parts of the world are told mm-hmm. we can and i and i do think it's a little bit of that like where we we want to be accepted so part of it is like oh i don't i don't want people to only see me as indian i want to be seen as human um but it's but like a double-edged sword, isn't right, it? Right, exactly. Like, whose story is being told, though? Mm-hmm. And But I think multiple, I think having stories from around the world, I, I, I do this in Kaitrana call in talkbacks, because I'd have a talkback after every show. Uh, be, in the middle America, they'd be like, oh, but we are vibing with these Pakistani, uh, Af- Afghani boys, one of which escapes to Pakistan, one of which remains in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were, minds were blown. I was like, they are... They are kids. They mm. go to school. They defecate. They steal. They lie. They cheat. They play games like any other child anywhere in the world. Yeah. And uh, one of them was, I remember in Chattanooga, Tennessee, um, I did a show with a packed audience at a at an Adventist university, Southern Adventist mm-hmm. university. And there was this girl very shyly put her hand up at the end. And she's like, the little the little servant's son. Um, um, I don't mean to how to say this, but um, he was very christ-like and i was like yeah i didn't think about that but yeah turn the other cheek forgiveness and she goes i said and and you know encouraging her on she goes but he's muslim Mm. and for her that just blew her mind i said so gandhi i brought out gandhi martin luther king i'd be like you don't have to be christian to embody christian values yeah. there are other religions that have christian values as a zoroastrian my values are pretty damn christian christianity gets a lot of its values from our ancient texts mm-hmm. ancient persian texts so i i think also different stories 
can help us understand our commonality, our, yes. our, our, you know. Yes, and that's so, beautiful. So, and for me, I don't, the, the viewer can't see this, but I'm three shades paler than Me Too. Me Too is, Me Too is classically Indian looking. I'm not that brown though. No, she's not. I still pass for Persian and oh, yeah, sure, yeah. sure. But th- there is there there, there are all there's a spectrum of sure. of of colors in India from yeah. makes what makes you look pale sure. to what makes me look albino. Like it, there are there is a spectrum of yeah. colors, yeah. which in America the white casting agents don't, don't see me see. as Indian. Yeah, but yeah. technically, truth be told, I am of a Caucasian-ish. Persian heritage from ancient Persia. Mm-hmm. It's not a Semitic race. It's not an Arabic race. I think it's a Caucasian race from ancient Persia. We mm. well, There's a diaspora in India. We've been there for over a thousand years. Yeah. We are Indian. But they don't see that. It took someone like Mira Nair to cast me in in in, in, uh, Monsoon, Bombay, wedding. in Monsoon Wedding because when I went in for Bombay Dreams, I was eliminated because of my skin. Wow. So African-Americans, Latinos, uh, Filipinos, they got the roles, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I, I remember t- t- telling them in my fourth callback, I said, bitches, I am from Bombay and I dream. Like, <laughs> like, what do you want? Like, what the fuck do you yeah. want? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was exhausting to try to prove my Indianness. Yeah. So then I, I stopped. I wow. just stopped going in yeah. for Indian work. I refused taxi drivers. And those days, it was all cab drivers and 7-Eleven owners. Wow. And terrorists. And terrorists. Yeah. Then and then I did only Middle Eastern work. I did the terrorists. I did mm. some, you know, and yeah. I did some Guantanamo Bay stuff and Afghanistan and Palestine, Gaza conflict plays with Israel. All those plays I've done, mm. uh, and I moved away. And now I'm coming back to Indian roles because they've been ha- they're being handed to me mm. in a way that they were never handed to me before. People didn't realize that India is a is not one. You know, they wanted Apu from Simpsons. If you mm. didn't sound like fucking Hank Azaria. Wait, whose accent sucks? Ooh, you were not even speaking so with an Indian accent. Yeah. They wanted that. There was a time like, when they... This is an Indian accent. Right. There are all like, kinds of Indian accents, right. you know? Yeah. yeah, especially like when we're discussing, it's like when we're discussing the concept of accents, there's no one Indian no. accent. No, no, God, no. Exactly. And talking about our discussions in our rehearsal, how has this rehearsal process been for you? Being in the show, what... what being up here in Connecticut for two weeks, being away from the city, doing this material... You chat a little bit about this experience, and don't you don't have to be like no, I kind. won't. I won't. I won't. I won't <laughs> be. I'm you're here. asking. You're asking a blunt person. I wouldn't be. No, to be honest, it's very, um, it's very interesting being in a very predominantly Caucasian area, mm. working and pushing the diversity aspect mm-hmm. of. Like, look at our audience today. Our audience, yeah. Like 95% were white. Yeah. yeah. Well, if not 100%. I hmm, there were, there were there like something? three I, or four who I were didn't not. See. Yeah. I did not see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's been, for me, it's been, I was trying to explain, your show is a, you are a Singaporean composer trained in America and globally, trained globally. And, uh, and then you have an Indian theme and a Caucasian scriptwriter and a lyricist, both of you are so open. Mm. You're so open to suggestions, to flavors, all the stuff. But even we are just seven examples of Indians. Mm-hmm. We can't speak for all of India. We certainly 
of all of them, I'm the oldest. I could, I can actually talk about uh, people who were raised in the Raj because that's what my parents were. Like right. you know, uh, but it's it's a it's a difficult thing. So what? But then I was thinking, in fact, I had this thought sitting backstage, sitting backstage on the sidelines <laughs> in our backstage today yeah. with air quotes, um, that, you know, how Chinese is Puccini's Turandot or Puccini's, how Japanese is, is Ma- Madame Butterfly. Can we not tell other stories? Should not Mr. X tell Mr. Y's story? Why not? If, if Mr. X vibes with Mr. Y, Tell his story. I have no problem with... I don't think of it as appropriation. You're being very respectful. You've yeah. done more research and know more about India than... Most uh, Indians. Most in living Indians. in New York today. Yeah. Uh, you know. So, but it is a Western musical. Yes. And I keep thinking, what would it be... Re- how would it be received in India? I wonder. You yeah. Know? That's something that we're also interested in yeah. finding out. I'm possibly, curious. You know? I'm don't know. I mean, to... This musical makes me think about how the how the parts fit together in terms of like the the tone, the voice, the colloquialisms, how people talk, communicate, how the people, language they use, the language they use to communicate, the humor used. It's all very Western, right? Mm-hmm. It's um, but the audience is also Western, so it does remind me of Disney when like the lead characters in like most Disney musicals, even if they're in a different country. Like Mulan, for example. Right. Or Aladdin. Right. Mm -hmm. And they they speak in American English and they have American humor and, and it works and, you know, and it, and it is universal. I mean, those movies work all around the world. See, you went to Disney and I went to Puccini. Right. I would. (laughs) But it's, but you know, uh, but it's. That's the scope of your work. I love it. (laughs) But it's it's true. I mean, I, I don't, and you know what? If the Indians have, if Indians in India have a problem with it, well, that's that. That's mm-hmm. they will write there. They wrote a musical about Gandhi not too long ago. There's a big, it's a big hit in India. It's been going around, and he even came to been toured in Toronto and other places. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will, they will do their own work. They, everyone can do their own things, and you can. This is your take on it. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful story. It's well told. The music it's a beautiful is beautiful. Score, gorgeous. Oh Thank you. Um, and and not just so. Is there not room for that? Why shouldn't there not be? What I'm wondering also is why, to make it to make it more Gujarati. You know that to, they, you we could try with e- using actors, using a coach, using to to bring a few of those um, uh, those elements into ghost cultural elements into in in into our physical behavior in our in our in our interactions. We could do that. Yeah, yeah. But for the sake of storytelling and the location that we are. You know, I, I what I thought about was like, oh, I wonder if like someone in Sweden wanted to tell a story about Gandhi. Like, shouldn't they? They should. They should put on a play because they are moved by X, Y, and Z, or maybe like Osho. Maybe like you know, like doesn't doesn't what's her man and Sheila live in Sweden now or something? She's somewhere around there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if somebody wants to do a story about that and involve someone of Indian descent, like they should tell the story in a way that's digestible for that community, so that the story gets across. And so, in that sense. I, I grapple with it, you know, because there's like the authenticity. Like I want, I really want authenticity to be there. But then it's like, like I, I li- well, a- I lightened up my accent for the second show today because I was like, I wonder 
I wonder if it's more easily understood if I use a slightly more British accent and a less Indian affectation. Mm. And one of the ladies, she said, I'm 82 and I heard every, every word. word. And she's like, and that was wonderful. Right, right. I think, I think on literally the point that you were saying, Sora, none of us are representative of an entire community. Mm. Like, even if I were to write a Singaporean musical. What is that? Exactly. Like, I am writing from my viewpoint. Right. Every writer, every creator, every person is and writing every from... every actor brings. Yeah. You're bringing your life, your experiences, and your lens to a story. Absolutely. And, of course, you, want, you have to be respectful. Of course, you have to be open. And that goes for even if I am writing a Chinese musical, a Singaporean musical, I have to do the same thing. I can't be like, because I'm Chinese and because I'm Singaporean. I so I Exactly. Yeah. And so I think... There are, I, going to that point, it's always an argument that is made. It's like, you're not of that background. You can't write that. You're, you don't, you're not allowed. Bullshit. And, I, and I, I don't, I'm a firm believer that that is not true. I think you are, anybody who writes is allowed to write through your lens. It is a story that's told through your lens. And it's a story that is meaningful to you. And, and you want to say it. And you, you want to have something to say mm-hmm. about, about that story. Sure. If not, why, 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 say, it? Yeah, why say it? Exactly. And also the medium. I mean, this if it's a Gandhi musical in Gujarati and a Gujarati family, then shouldn't it all be done in Gujarati with Gujarati music? And like, That's one way. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But we're doing it in an American musical theater form yeah. with a lot of... You've, you've blended tala and rag and tal, little bits of it that you've culled with, with, from your respectful research yeah. with a lot of jazz elements and it's... Fabulous stuff. So why not? What's what's the harm? Well, I honestly, I think it goes back to what you said that like Chang and Eric are very open and receptive, and that's not always the case. No, that's when it becoes a problem. Is when com- commercial heads come in and say, "No, we don't care." Mm. You care. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. This process has been lovely because you care. When it becomes about numbers and we don't care. I mean, I, I've heard stories about Bombay Dreams and how, you know, during like a prayer scene, people said, oh, we wouldn't be wearing our shoes in the mm-hmm. temple. And the producers are just like, we don't care. Wow. Just shut up and do your job. Wow. And so I think when, when there becomes like a lack of respect is when, uh, when it gets... Big problems happen. When it gets Huge. tricky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, and, and it can turn a whole community off. It goes with everything. Everything that has to do with culture, gender, religion, you know, race, anything. That just be respectful and be kind and lead with be that. Human. Be human. human. And, and be human. Right? And write more stuff. Absolutely. More I mean, stories. I, I, I know you're trying to wrap it up. I just nope. I want to say what I can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I... I prefer to do new musicals yeah, like people people like revivals and whatever i have i find i find old musicals uh very problematic mm-hmm. for, for the way that women are represented and just like how it's complete like the view of ethnic as the other mm-hmm. and instead of and 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 i feel like the direction that everything is going is so much more representative the way the world is mm-hmm. um 
that's more exciting to me. Mm. And, and, and to be a part of the forefront, to be on the cutting edge of that. Yeah, yeah. If there's a way to make musical theater like catch up a little bit faster, and yeah. I think it's because it takes so long. It it's so, so much work. So and by long. the time something is written and gets on its feet, like 15 years have passed. <laughs> and the times know? have changed. And the times yes. have changed. Yes. And especially with globalization and social media, like things are progressing and coming together. Like what, what does it mean to be local? Mm. Is such an interesting question that like to write a musical about Singapore or India or anything, everyone is connected to other parts of the world so much more and they're influenced by everything so much that I think the answers in the specificity, mm. we just need to be that much more specific about the, you know, in our stories and humans, let humans be humans. Did you like that episode of Eastside Story? If you did, follow us on Instagram at Eastside Story Pod and at Chiang Music. Go on to Apple Podcasts, rate us, review us, and don't forget to subscribe. Or if you're a Spotify user, you can also click the follow button. Even better, you can tell someone about the podcast. And the best part, they don't even have to be Asian. <laughs> Thank you so much for your support, and I'll see you next week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.